Hey guys, thanks so much for checking out the podcast. You guys have done a phenomenal job of supporting through season one and into season two, and I can't thank you enough. These first set of episodes are a little rough around the edges because I was still figuring out what the podcast was going to become. So if you haven't taken a listen to any of season two yet, I urge you to do that. But other than that, just strap in and enjoy the ride. We have had so much fun making this for you guys. Thank you so much. Hi, and welcome to the Nashville for Nobody's podcast. I am your host, Bobby Gordon, also known as Story of Bob. Today we are talking with Eli Alger about a lot of the things that he goes through as an artist while he's building his show, booking his show, and preparing to perform in front of people. So let's just dive right in. There's a lot of fun information on this one. I hope you guys enjoy it. All right, so let's jump in and give me your splash page rundown on how you got into music and how you got to Nashville. Okay. Uh, Hey, guys. My name's Eli Alger. Um, I got into music. That's such a loaded question. You get in there at an early age, you know, um, and I started playing guitar at 15, taught myself how to play uh, by watching the Garth Brooks Live at the Wind box set. I was, that was three, the first three years was watching that box set and just emulating it, you know, um, because he was my hero and cut my teeth in the bars, playing whatever would have me. Uh, it was a big deal to play a, you know, like everybody else playing in the corner of a pizza parlor uh, for tips, work your way up. I, uh, put myself through college. I went to the university of Iowa, got a finance degree, um, paid for my portion of college parents split it with me oh that's cool yeah playing playing gigs then um graduated hit got hit with a plague and said you know what if we're gonna go south we're gonna do it now might as well it's now or never moved down to nashville 2020 september 2020 and it's the floodgates have been open ever since i guess so what was what was your experience when you got to nashville because i know like during that time period a lot of people were bailing they were like yeah i shutting down i'm out yeah um you know he works in mysterious ways man i think i came at the best time i possibly could have um because when i came to town everything was weeded out the touristy stuff wasn't there so it was like all the name stay people and the people who were gonna make it were in town and all the for lack of a better word or term fat had been cut mm-hmm. and had left you know so people weren't near standoffish and um didn't have their guard up as much and i got to meet a lot of people i don't think i would have been able to meet without the pandemic just reducing everything down to no, i completely to a agree you know, you were bumping into it, people who typically you'd never see out were out because they could be. Yeah. And because there was nothing else to do. Um, and not only were they out, but they were more open to conversation mm-hmm. with young punk idiot kids that just moved to town. So, yeah, man. I mean, I got down here. I met some really cool people, continuing to meet some really cool people. Um and just been trying to build the network from there. Yeah, absolutely. I know, like, the whole Broadway scene basically flipped. It went from, like, all of your classic snobby old guys that do their thing and doesn't want any kind of change. And then after 
everything opened back up, a lot of them went to wherever, and, like, it's a whole fresh group of people. And so, like, there's a lot of... There's a lot of new faces on Broadway. There's a lot of new artists in town. There's a lot of there's a lot of new blood that are coming in, and they're because they're not set in their ways. They're open to try new things, and, and it's open changing the whole way the industry's working across the board, like, across the whole world, man. Writing is different. Like people are writing in different styles and genres, and they've ever written before because they're writing with new people that they would have never met pre-pandemic yeah we we were in a right before covid i felt like country music was stuck in that bro country trend Mm -hmm. and it's like now we've got all this outlaw and dirt and like cody johnson just hit number one with till you can't that is a 90s style country song right like fiddles coming back steel is coming back it's like the old school ways that we would consider like the the golden era Mm -hmm. is starting to come back with new breath right and because there's a lot of crossing of the genres i've been seeing now too it's Mm -hmm. um people who it's like they are devout to their genre but they're not like i do nine so for me i'm a little weird i i do straight 90s country music that's that's like my style i it resonates with me it's just the cloth i was cut from but it I've got plenty of friends who are like, we play dark blues country, and that's what we do. And they're singing songs about serial killers and, and like, terribly love gone wrong, like, being, like, old red type stuff. Yeah. And, And it's just refreshing to see, you know, this, the, the cheap beer fireball and, and, Girls with not enough clothes on bell has been rung right a million times, and it's time to silence it. Let all the other bells ring. I completely. So, from my perspective, they took like in the '90s, you had '90s country, yeah. and again, I, I grew up on it. That that is my golden era of country. That mm-hmm. is the peak of country music, and then it picked like Garth, a genre Jordan, to buddy up with, and it happened to go like the the pop hip hoppy route Mm -hmm. and that's where you get the bro country yep and so now that like everything's kind of pushing backwards toward the 90s era i feel like it's picking another genre to buddy up to and it's more like the the like the blues or the rock kind of influence and so we're kind of going that way now so it's it's becoming more of like 90s country southern rockish like you're getting more of of that kind of attitude as opposed to the hip hop pop. I want to be like, yeah, that well, and to paraphrase Johnny cash, um, fantastic music comes out of hard times. Mm -hmm. You know, Elvis said stuff like that too, you know, like in the ghetto. Um, I feel like people, you know, everybody's just been getting throttled with the economy, with, from COVID to now, now you know, with gas prices everywhere they are, people are writing about what they're experiencing, right? And and there's so much more meat to music and relatability than just, you know, I I don't know, cruise by Florida Georgia Line type stuff, right? You know, there's um, yeah, I think that Luke Combs really started leading that path, and I think Cody's really coming up the rear with it. Zach Bryan's. Um, another one of my kind of lyrical heroes right now, mm-hmm. just, just writing about 
things that it doesn't need to relate to everybody, but it's something that somebody can go, I've lived that and really connect with. Yeah. That's where music needs to be. Well, and, and, and I think the writing is doing exactly what you just said. It, it's targeting smaller demographics and smaller audiences and really like nailing that as opposed to something like Cruise, which is just generically put out for everybody to somewhat enjoy. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think you're getting more more artistic, more artisan flavor. More depth. In, in your writing, and that's going to... Emotion. That's that's going to sell more Down to a line. smaller yeah. population. So, like, you may not hit as many people, but you're going to get more streams and more views and you're going to get more feedback and more communication from the people that you hit. Yeah. You know, like um, with, I think a great example, I remember when colder weather first came, first came out Mm -hmm. and I remember when it first came out and reading the comments on YouTube, I don't know why this jogged this memory, but um, what, what a deep gripping emotional song and in the comments, some guy had written this blurb going, man, I've almost lived this song. I used to live in Colorado and, and I, you know, I'm on the road all the time and all this stuff just being like this song, I didn't know what to do with myself. And it hit me so hard. And it's like, no matter what situation you come up with, if it's from the heart and you write that way, that, that it's supposed to be emotionally gripping Mm -hmm. and, and, um, uh, relate to people in, in at that level yeah of of depth and emotion um somebody out there is just gonna be like this song was written just for me mm-hmm. i don't think anybody's ever listened to you know i don't know oh, what's a good i don't want to use cruise again obviously um hmm use a body like a back road Body like a back road. Yeah. Nobody's ever listened to that and go, oh my God, this song changed my life. Right. This this song gave me direction where I didn't think I could find any. Right. And that's the power of music, man. Where, you know, if you're feeling down on your luck, um, for, to use myself as an example, when I'm going, man, this is really piling up. I don't know how I'm going to do this. You know, that you're just looking at all the stuff you know you need to do mm-hmm. to be able to make this machine that you're trying to build go and it, tackling this thing they call country music. And how are you ever going to know by Garth came on the shuffle? Yep. Have you ever heard that one? Yep. How are you ever going to know what it's like to be there? And I'm just like, that three minutes can change your entire outlook mm-hmm. with the right song. That's what music's all about, man. And, and it doesn't have to be complicated. Like, it doesn't have to no. be some super specific instance. Um, Mo Pitney's Clean Up on Aisle 5. Oh, yeah. Every human on the planet has felt that. Every single person above the age of, like, 10 has fallen in love, and then it didn't work out, and then they saw the person, and it's gut-wrenching. Mm-hmm. Like, every single person. So, it, I mean, it doesn't have to be, like super specific or super complex like it's it's little moments that you can just take a picture of and put music to it mm-hmm. and everybody Precisely. knows that feeling and another thing that i've found on the whole love thing is that it almost got to a point where it was if it wasn't a love song or a party song mm-hmm. it like nobody cared and now i'm gonna go back again luke combs has been killing it with that doing this mm-hmm. um 
when it rains, it pours, nah, kind of, but he talks about a lot in that one. Yeah. Till You Can't's the best one thus far that I've seen. Is It's... Man, what do, what do I want to say? <laughs> I just... I, I love songs that aren't about the generic things. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of people really resonate with things that they can connect to in their life that isn't about their either their relationship or what they're doing on the weekend. Right. Yeah. Now, um... Luke Combs, for example, um, he's. I I happen to be able to play with a lot of people that knew him in college and like grew up with him before he hit it. Mm-hmm. And so, how like, long was he in town? Uh I honestly don't know. Not Hurricane was out for like three years before it really did anything. Yeah, but like, as soon as he got that kind of nudge, it just like shot off. Um, but, um, and by a nudge for people listening to this, uh, a nudge means in, investors in a manager. Right. Yeah. Right. Once <laughs> it's called a team, once you have, <laughs> once you have business interest in you, yes. that's your nudge. Like that's your push. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, the, the doing this song, the, um, Adam that he featured in the video. Yes. Uh, he's a really good friend of like everybody that I play on the road with. And I've talked to him several times, seriously, one of the sweetest people I've ever met in my life. Like he doesn't know me from Adam. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, no, we've talked about kids. We've talked about life, like just via text and one of the nicest dudes. But, um, for Luke to, to feature him in that was huge because Adam doesn't have, that business push that we were just talking about. He doesn't have the management team. He doesn't have the label interest. Like, I mean, he might now, but he's, I mean, he's small town gigging at bars and, you know, high school shows and like college shows like in his hometown. So for Luke to do a throwback like that to, to musicians that he played with coming up, like that earned a lot of respect for me because most guys like once they're gone they're gone yeah and the fact that and from what i understand he was like that a little bit like when he first hit it he kind of just did the rock star thing well he and got then Luke got swept to, up in it i mean when you're breaking records and coming out with your first five songs or number ones right like i'm gonna go back to cody again he's 34 man mm-hmm. he's been cody's got four albums out right now He's he's released four albums since he was twenty five. Yeah, albums. He's got a catalog. His first twenty, his first number one came along, sixty songs deep. Mm-hmm. And it, Luke, you almost can't hold it against him, man. No, and and but the fact that you know he did that, he went through that phase, and then he came back and he's like, all right, well, I need to not be an asshole head. and like this mm-hmm. is this is where I am, but this is where I came from. Like I said, that earns a lot of respect from me, and. I mean, he had absolutely no reason that he would have had to do a shout out like that no. to Adam. Like, I, I mean, I'm sure numerically on paper it doesn't even make sense because no. Adam's literally like nobody knows who he is. And then shout out to how do he one and Luke know each friend. other again? They played together in college. Oh yeah, that's cool. So they 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 were working local bars in North Carolina. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. 
You want to dive into that whole nudge thing that we were talking about? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you start. Okay, so the uh, that I mean that's that's the gatekeeper right there. That's how you go from I'm playing at Tootsie's every mm-hmm. other well, day to like I have a legitimate career. That's your gatekeeper. So as an artist, because you're trying to bridge that gap, what do you do? Well. I think what you have to do is is you realize there's no right way of doing it. Right. There's no there are general outlines, and mm-hmm. you can look if you're smart. You can go and you can figure out how s- different guys made what they have now mm-hmm. happen. Um, two guys that come to mind that are fresh are Ian Munzik and Cooper Allen. To me, mm-hmm. um, Ian, who has been a, a distant mentor of mine. Um, he's swamped with that whole Warner thing. I, I'm going to get off trail a little bit. I went, I snuck into Belmont when he was doing his, um, he, he did a seminar there. Okay. And he said, right when he got signed to Warner, now listen to this, man, this was like a golden nugget, which was kind of crazy to me. Um, he said that like, right when he got signed, they went and built like eight months of social media content uh, content mm-hmm. they gave him a team they went all over the place he changed ha- outfits a thousand times and they did everything mm-hmm. that they were they were like planned it out for the next six eight months so that you're not worrying about it and if you go look at like a guy who's doing it or a gal who's doing it with that professional grade content as not like an influencer but like an actual artist mm-hmm. um account or something like an instagram account you look at it and you're like, how do they think up all these awesome things to say and these sweet pictures? How are they getting all this time for all these pictures? And they're not, man. They're writing songs. They took all those things six months ago. Yep. Um, Got it all knocked out. Yeah. No, I, that's what I've been trying to explain to some of my artist friends that are like, oh, I got to figure out how to do, you know, three TikToks a day and then still do my. No, no. You do like a hundred TikToks in a, in a couple days and then you space it out. Like, yeah, but then, you get your you know, month's content done early, and then you fucking work. Yeah, and <laughs> like, then you work. And you schedule that shit. You and have you to work. write songs. It, you have to. You have to get yourself. The first two days are figuring out what you're gonna do, mm-hmm. and then you make this like itemized. You know, you plan your week out, and like for my latest song release, I, we did all the content in in three days. Yep, and that was for a an eighteen day. Uh, well, fourteen day countdown, and then and then four days after that of content with music videos and the pictures and all the different blurbs and the and the um, just everything that you see. Yeah, it ha- you can't you you take can't the do time. three TikToks a day. You can't you, do that. You cannot you can't do them right. Three a day, and then three tomorrow, and then three the night. You can't do that. But off, I'm gonna I'm gonna segue into Cooper Allen. I was watching one of his um. Uh, podcast, and he goes, yeah, man, COVID hit. I did TikTok all day. I was like, I'm gonna make this thing happen, and, and, and that's he, a that that's doable because your job went away. It went away. There's no co-writes. There's no gigs. Mm-hmm. There's no meetings. So people. the question is always, how do you build that? How do you make the persona and the professional grade content mm-hmm. that is going to relate to your demographic and draw in fans that will want to support you right and and then once you create it 
how do you get it to them, especially when you are low on marketing dollars? Now, mm -hmm. for everybody listening that doesn't know anything about marketing dollars, people do not know what they do not know. Right. Now, Luke Combs, great example. Imagine this. Luke Combs books an arena show at Bridgestone, but they don't put it on his Facebook. Mm -hmm. They don't push the ads to get it to the people on Facebook because the algorithm is not in favor of organic content right now. Um, uh, they don't talk about it on the radio. Bridgestone doesn't have the tickets on their, you know, if they don't make all these links and make it very easily accessible all, right. and all these different platforms, how does anybody know that Luke Combs is going to be at Bridgestone? Right. Where do they find out? If it's not on the billboard next to Bridgestone, how many times have you... Think of any time you ever found out about anything. Well, and that's the thing. <laughs> One know? of my biggest complaints about half of the amazing shows that I've missed is I didn't know about them. Bam. Like, poor, poor I find out about them the day after. Mm -hmm. and, and, and bringing it back to a smaller artist level, I see this as the biggest mistake when people are releasing music. They will put so much money into the single or the EP the that they're putting in, but nothing goes into marketing. Well, uh, one problem with that is they don't know how to uh, what money. Even if they have the money, it's how to market correctly mm -hmm. and who to market with. Like if you don't know how to do it personally yourself, which it is hard. There's a reason why there are marketing degrees. There's a oh, reason absolutely. why the label doesn't go when they when a label signs an artist, they give you a they cut you a big check. And they go, you're using this. It's pretty much a loan. It is You have a loan. to pay back. It's hundred percent a loan. It's, it, it, labels are pretty much cra crazy banks mm -hmm. that go. Well, we also have people that work for us that you're going to pay with the money that we have lent you. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're really good at their jobs, and their jobs are going to be to get your socials looking right, to, um, with AR and you know AR and PR both. Um are uh well pr is the one that does all the socials and right. the marketing and and the the press reviews and all that getting you on city view magazine mm -hmm. and in the country note and with all those different connections that are in that advertising right. realm and then you have ar that's going okay pr is saying to ar i'm trying to get my my line right um <laughs> Pierre goes, okay, we want to make all these posts. We need all this content. Mm -hmm. Then AR goes to, let's say it's Ian Munzik, and they go, okay, well, we need a cover. We need a 60-second blurb of this song of yours. We need a cover of this. We need some things that you would say about these sorts of things. Mm -hmm. And Ian goes and creates that stuff and bounces it off his AR team. They're, they are like folks that are in his corner with a critical ear yep, and they're looking at it and they're like, nope, this isn't good enough. Nope, you didn't, you know, even if he thinks it's great, he's bouncing all the songs you wrote off of him and he has to pay all those people mm -hmm. out of that loan and then hopefully when the money starts coming back is in the ticket sales. Right. You know, because through creating that critiqued and honed down content and then giving it to this big team that's pushing it out and then getting him on that tape, you know, he's on a tour with Kojo right now. Those tickets that he sells are what's going to pay that loan back. Yep. And and hopefully 
in a very make dumbed a, down. He's going to make a lot of fans, and they're going to buy a lot of merch. And he don't don't write that all in, in, in red but, pen on him and and say that that's exactly how it goes because you know I'm I'm learning as I go. But I, I mean, you're 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 base. I mean, that's a great outline of what happened. I mean, that's why. And that's a very small part of it. Don't even get me into booking. Right, <laughs> booking is hell. Booking is literal hell. If I die and go to hell, I will be a booking agent in hell. That is that is my hell. Well, if you're good at it, it'd be very lucrative. If you are just a booker, try mm. playing artist and booker. Well, you got to right. be the the thing is that's that's tough about that. You know, I'm doing my own booking right now. Is you when you're calling as the artist, one, it looks better to have an agent. Mm-hmm. It looks better, but if you don't have that. You not only have to play hardball because you got to get, you want you need to get paid, right? Especially in today's world, you can't be taking those huge, you know, playing these shows for for not a lot and not, you know, most musicians go for three hundred a day mm-hmm. at least, something like that. You might get B, B's and C's for one fifty to two hundred, but if you want good guys, I've what's the point of playing a show if you don't if you're not great? I. I had a show a while back, and we needed a lead guitarist for it. And I called every guy I know. And the show didn't pay great. It was okay. Nobody would leave Broadway for under 300 bucks a night. No, because it's, it's a night. they that, can make that on Broadway. It counts for travel days, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, yeah, it's not, not gig night. It's a night. No. <laughs> so the second they leave Nashville... That day's 300, the next day's 300, mm-hmm. the show day's 300, the next day's 300, getting back to Nashville's 300. Yes, so, exactly. I mean, per and, guy, and these these buyers, you know, even if you're in the getting into the bigger stuff like fairs, festivals, and rodeos, et cetera, they are, um, when, once you start explaining it to them, and I'm, I'm going to backtrack after I say this to, to say how this is starting to become a problem, especially in today's world, but you start explaining it like, hey, if you want a five-piece band, you want us to bring a sound system and have a sound guy. Like, mm-hmm. you know that it's going to cost a lot of money. It, I'm not going to just start dropping numbers, but you guys do the math out there and think about the. That's just for the players. If so, a five-piece band, you're counting the the front men. Mm-hmm. So you're talking four guys that want uh, three hundred bucks a day plus a sound guy. So now you're at five plus gas prices and lodging and stuff like that. Right. And they want you to drag them. So we're in Nashville right now. Say. Uh, let's go Kansas City calls mm-hmm. and wants to wants a show. What's that going to cost, man, to get all those boys right. out there? Right. No, you do routing and stuff like that to help lessen the blow and to bring more in, but but you have to build a route first. Like you can't just call random clubs. It's like you get and... the one big one and then you build around it. Right. And, and that's that's another thing that I've personally seen with bands that I've traveled with and worked with is like they'll get to a place and they're like it's a weekend in Georgia or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you have all day completely free. You don't play till nine o'clock at night and nobody does anything. And it's like, you have hours upon hours upon hours where you can be calling people. You can be setting up acoustic shows for earlier in the day. You can make connections with other venues. I mean, Go print flyers and hand them out at the mall. Do something. Get like, somebody work. there. Yeah. Work. <laughs> Do some sort of work. And another thing that comes in on top of that, I, you know, I, I put on a headset mic 
and we, we are choreographed and rehearsed mm-hmm. and it's a show and I've got to remember, you know, I'm typically not even looking at the set list cause I've got it memorized. The one thing about ha- like when it's show day for me, I'm like trying to be as rest because you have to be a hundred percent right on point. If you're going to be putting on a good show and you want to get to the next level that we could segue into this after that, but if the music you are playing and putting out isn't as high quality as the guys that you want to be as big as, right? You're not gonna, dude. I went to Cody Johnson last Friday. That guy sounded like the record. They don't pay guys like people don't pay those ticket prices and show up to go see guys that aren't like where your hair standing up the back of your neck. You've got to hone that that. And that being said, it it's it's the whole package. Like you could be a phenomenal singer. But if you don't have the show, it doesn't matter. You've got to have the show down. Like, you have to have the show. You have to have the entertainment value. You have to have the talent. And that's like, what Like, com- it's everything. If you don't have everything, you have nothing. Yeah, and, if you, and that cascades right back into, you know, all these guys are hired guns now, and this band mentality's gone, where it's not like a core group of guys that are going, this is what we want to do, mm-hmm. and we're all in this together. And, and we are going to make the best show that we can because we know each other and we know how to do this. And then we're going to go put on this show like a bunch of badasses right. because we've been rehearsing day in and day out. And we know down to the introductions and what each one of us is going to say right. and where we're going to walk on the stage and all this even, stuff. Even your surprises. professional-grade entertainment. Man. Even your surprises are It's like a play. Planned. Yeah. Like, like, you know. Like, if somebody's going to do something different and, like, groove out a bridge or something like you may not know exactly what's happening and it may be like a jam section but you know it's a jam section you Mm -hmm. know it's coming you know like this is about to be some cool shit i don't know what it's gonna be but it's right here yeah i i would love to see and that's what i'm trying to build right now and it's so hard is it is is because that band mentality where you've got a group of guys are like we believe in they need to believe in the front man Mm -hmm. like i'll tell guys i'll be like listen this is what i'm looking for you need to go and listen to my stuff mm-hmm. and get to know me a little bit. And you need to decide if you think I'm worth following or not. Yes. Because I'm not here to hire you out. I'm not here for guns. I'm looking for guys who someday, God willing, if all the stars align, I can walk out on stage and that big stage someday and go, mm-hmm. I've been playing with each one of these guys for a decade. Right. You know, that's that's what it's all about. And if you look at the best acts in music, mm-hmm. they all do that. Yep. They found that core and they said, Highs and lows, thick and thin. We're doing it. This is our group. Let's ride. And, and I mean, like, to me, that's the goal. Like, mm-hmm. a, a, as a musician and not an artist, like, that's the goal. I want to find my guy that I can get behind and, like, we go through the trenches together. Like, It, it sounds enticing until the trenches come. A, a, that's the thing. And, like, sure, on Broadway, I can make plenty of money to live the rest of my life just doing broadway gigs like but the money's you, if, there if you want to play you have to risk they but, i mean it's like anything man the, the billionaires the highest that you know people who are worth over 10 million dollars and more in the world had to make some sort of large risk mm-hmm. multiple of them multiple of them most of the time to get to where they're at they had to go for broke oh yeah absolutely you don't just easy peasy your way into playing 
giant. Sh- you don't easy peasy your way into selling out even five hundred caps. Right, and like what I was about to say is like Broadway is not the dream. Broadway is a day job, and you need to get Broadway, McDonald's, Best Buy, Walmart. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want that. You have I to get want comfortable to be excited to be on stage. Exactly. I want, I want to get the call from the artist I play for. Like, dude, we're at number twenty five, and be excited. And then we're at twenty three, yeah. and be excited. And we're at fifteen, and fucking get ecstatic. Like yeah, exactly. I want those calls. I want to be a part of something, mm-hmm. and not just oh well. I have a job today. Yeah, exactly. And you have um, you need to get comfortable with not only playing original original material, mm-hmm. but but honing that. You have to be a complete perfectionist. Mm-hmm. And every in every aspect of the set, but where this all seg, uh, I'll bring this full circle again. We're doing a lot of circles. In this, <laughs> yeah, you and I are just feeding off each other on this, dude. It, it's the music ADHD. It's yeah, exactly. It's like you keep. <laughs> it, there's so much you can look at music as a pie. I'm gonna get into the pie later, but we were talking like about pie. we were talking about uh, we were talking about. Um, uh, buyers yeah and how much stuff costs so we just talked about how much goes in to making that show that they are looking for mm-hmm. and nowadays since covid has hit i've seen you know since i've been doing my own booking this massive change of hands of all the fairs festivals rodeos every venue of every size i'd say 80 percent of any talent buying has flipped to new blood mm-hmm there are good things with that. It means they're starting new connections, and you can right. be those connections. Um, you, you used to run into a lot of, no, I got connections with all these people. I've been booking at this X, Y, and Z venue or fair or festival or rodeo for years and years, and you know it's going to take a lot to crack, crack this cookie to get in. Right. But now you've got all these new blood guys, and a lot of them have never done the song and dance of booking. A lot that, of and they're excited about it. They're they're excited about it, but they don't know how to haggle. That I'll use a great valid. example that that this this can pretty much cover everything that I just kind of explained. I was talking with a festival, mm-hmm. and I was trying to sell the band with the routing and everything. We were going for thirty five hundred. Okay, for everything included. Which, for record, is not a bad price. No, like that is a that is that, on the that's, cheaper that, end. Yeah, that's on the lower end. Yeah. like if you want, you get what you pay for. If you got, got want guys to come up and put on a show and knock your socks off, you're you're given anywhere from five to ten. Mm-hmm. It, I was fixing to say five grand is a great starting number for a band. Yes, for a good band. Yeah, you know, if you got want guys that are killing it. Well, from from a venue perspective, if mm-hmm. I'm looking for a solid band that's going to come in and actually produce an outcome. I'm looking at five grand. Yeah, exactly. If you, and, and they, they turned, they shot me down at 3,500 mm-hmm. like that. And I was just like, they were like, no, nope, we can't work together. I was like, damn, you know, and no haggle whatsoever. Two days later, I had come in on the back end and because I was still digging, it was, I just, I could tell she had been flustered mm-hmm. and I find out that the budget she was given was thirty three. Mm. I was like, you, you would have taken thirty three, easy. The, if you uh, ask thirty five, they offer thirty three. They got a bit. This new blood is 
it's like they don't know how like the gift of gab that that roll of the dice that let's work you know let's 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 find a middle ground at that point it's 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 not even about the money it's a respect thing like if i throw you a number and you're like i respect that i can't do that here's what i can do yeah like we can talk we can have a conversation and and they get so it used to be you you would go um you know what's your price range we'd Mm -hmm. like the show um typically you'd go this is what we typically get but it it used to be a common question be like what what are you guys working with what's your band budget you know some guys say it's 10 sometimes some some folks are saying it's two um but now it's not with all these new guys who aren't accustomed to that kind of back and forth they feel like you're fishing and they get off put Mm -hmm. and it's like no this is how it's when you go in to buy a car do you pay with the the sticker on the window or you go all right Right. let's talk i'll i'll do this you know Mm -hmm. it's like anything else that you would buy that that is one of the most frustrating things to me because they'll they'll always ask me like what the band charges what do you pay like you know it's a conversation i mean it It is we don't have it's not I'm and not it depends going to on the Walmart venue and what and the venue is looking for. Right. You know, if it's a private party, it's a it's a lot different than a rodeo, and it's a lot right. different than a bar. You know, bars are looking for sales; they're probably going to pay less unless you're mm-hmm. selling tickets. But if you're selling tickets, you're probably not even de- we're probably doing a a door deal and stuff like that. Right. And a lot of you know, they're not doing that song and dance dear near as much and going okay, let's see, let's grease this thing up and see what we can right. do to make this mutually beneficial. And that everybody walks and away with a fair shake. And there's always extras. So, like, if you're a venue and you can't do five thousand, you can do three thousand, but you have an inn with a local hotel and you can do three thousand and rooms. That's a huge benefit. Yeah, like three thousand and rooms, and we'll feed you. Boom, that's a deal. Okay, like, that that's a five thousand dollar deal. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, or at least four, depending on the, the town. You know, if you're in New York, definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, and I mean, not even just necessarily money value but then you don't have to book hotel rooms you don't have to worry about feeding a band like they're taking care of that so like that's stress off you that makes three thousand a lot more enticing i've also had them do you know the gas cards you know we can't swing 4k but we, we could do three um where are you at the night before we'll look it up okay so you're 400 miles away We'll send you gas cards for what vehicle do you drive, and they'll calculate it out and do all mm-hmm. that stuff so they, they know that you're they're getting you there. It, what this is all coming down to is that that mentality and that move and shake mm-hmm. um, has been kind of falling, yeah, falling by the wayside, and people are, are just going. It, it's just. Bottom line is we're all on the naive. same team. We're yeah. all trying to do yeah. the exact we're, same listen, thing. We don't. It, yeah, you are paying us, but we don't want to come play a dead show. No. We don't even get me into the advertising of venues, too. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, I feel like we're getting on a negative spur on this one. We well, are. I mean, these are all things like if musicians if, are really people who aren't in the music industry are listening. Going, God, what, these guys are bitching and moaning, but people in the in the music industry are, are listening to this going. Yes, they are so right. This is so true. Right. And, and, and one of my goals for this podcast is like the artist that's getting big in their hometown and they're looking at moving to Nashville and really starting a career. Like this is the stuff that they need to know. Mm-hmm. This is the stuff that they don't have to deal with when they're talking to Jimmy from down the street to book yeah. his bar. 
because yeah. their best friend's been friends their whole life. Yeah, and the, you like, know, when you're dealing with 500 bucks and under, it doesn't even right. matter. Yeah. And then they move to Nashville and start trying to book bigger gigs and don't know what they're looking at and don't know what to expect. And so, like, this this behind-the-curtain, inside point of view of, like, these are the struggle. Like this is what you're paying us for. Like yeah, and we I feel like, love to play. We hate to book. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I feel like a lot of the um, uh, th- there's a mentality of especially people who are new to town, of oh I'm gonna come to town and I'm gonna play Broadway and I'll write songs and play writers rounds until I get discovered. Now, with the writers rounds and and writing songs. You do need to come to Nashville and do that. Absolutely. That is a constant thing. You can make connections. You will meet people. But you're not going to build a fan base playing covers at bars. No. The the For you to find your demographic that... So, for anybody who doesn't know what, your demo, like what I'm referring to when I say your demographic, the people that will resonate with your music and... And want to be, you know, fans of yours on your team. 90% of the time, they're not the people that you think they are. No, they're not. You have to discover that. You have to discover that. You don't know your demographic until they come to you. Now, now, when I was talking about that pie, so I I look at it as a... I look at the music industry, and and you could really probably apply this analogy to any, any industry, but... At the center of the pie, I don't know. Put a pinwheel. Mm-hmm. It's just if you can imagine that, and the and the pie is cut into slices, right? So, for all these slices to get pulled out, and you can eat them, you have to pull that pinwheel out. Mm-hmm. And that pinwheel is your music and its quality. All the stuff we are talking about right now are completely null and void. If right. your music isn't spot on. No, if you don't have a product to sell, you, you are nothing. The rest of it's nothing. The music, it, it literally, and it's the it's the biggest dilemma because, you know, for me, I'm trying to make a living with music and I promised myself music was how I was going to make my living. By the time you get done, you have to find the time to rehearse and to mm-hmm. write the songs that resonate with people. And we were talking about that at the beginning of the podcast. Right. With, if you aren't creating this fantastic product that you can take and put it in a playlist with the so for me i'll use myself as an example i hope that fans that are also people that are also fans of like kojo garth george Strait, travis tritt those kinds of guys that that high energy 90s style music will resonate with my music as well and if i can't take my songs and put them in, and with a critical ear, put them in a playlist with a Garth song, a Kojo song, a George Strait song, and a Travis Tritt song, and feel like it rolls right through with them, mm-hmm. as in it's like, it's right on par with them, then then I have nothing to sell, and I need to go back mm-hmm. and figure out how to get my music there. Now that we have that established, that none of this happens at all, everything we were talking about does not pertain to you, Unless you have that product, which is your awesome music. Now you have to create content. The The pieces of this pie are social media content, marketing, demographics, and um, booking. 
mm-hmm. shows, your live shows. Um, with your socials, now that you have your great music, you need to find your demographic and then now create content that will be, you know, release the endorphins right. that get that demographic to want to follow you. Right. Creating high quality content. I mean, it's one thing to make really good music in the studio and have it, but now you've got to make those cover videos, those music videos, those, um, just anything that pertains to something that will be rich, uh, inspiring content that will cause people in the demographic that you believe mm-hmm. that pertains to your music to, you know, go, I want to check this guy's website out. I want to see them in concert. Right. I want to buy a hat. You know, I want to throw them a tip jar on their life. And and this is what I was talking about earlier when I said music is only a piece of that. Like, mm-hmm. like the best way to get somebody It doesn't matter how good the music... You have to have the fantastic music, but it doesn't matter how good right. the music is if you're if not you getting it out to else. the people. And the best way to get somebody interested... Like, the average person, when they hear a song for the first time, if they know nothing about the artist or nothing about the song, they don't listen to the song. No. It just plays. They have to have a personal so, connection with it. So... That's where the social media aspect of it is so important because that's how you get people to know you. And once they connect with you, they will check out your music. All while and keeping a brand Really, yeah. really listen. And, and yes, branding. But the more authentic your brand is, the better you're going to be able to keep up that brand and the better that brand is going to reach. And uh, you're going to have an in-depth quality brand if it's a real version of you rather than a persona you make up Mm. so like yes branding like if you're the 90s country guy don't go put out a pop song and completely ruin your brand no man i wear overalls and a cowboy hat but at the same time (laughs) like if you're overalls and a cowboy hat like you need to be overalls and a cowboy hat yeah like that has to come from you that can't I mean, sure, if you're a big artist, you've got a team dressing you and stylists, and they're like, all right, this is the image that we want to use to promote your brand, but it's also an image of you. It's just glammed up. Yeah. But bottom line is But by glammed up, he means there's production value, and what by value I mean typically you either spend – your your time your time or your money Mm -hmm. so it's either time or money has been poured into that thing you've either trained yourself um especially when you're starting it out it's yourself and maybe a small core group to be able to create that professional grade contact tent or you're paying to have it done so you can have more time right um yeah continue but either way it's got to be authentic it's got to be you but it still needs to be performing you ever been in his new movie, he's literally playing Nicolas Cage. Have you seen him in the, uh, oh, what is it? It's on Netflix, the, the History of Cursing. Oh, I haven't. Oh, it's funny. He's just straight face saying all these curse words. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but, but like, that's that's a an off example. But, like, Nicolas Cage is Nicolas Cage. If you go to put on a Nicolas Cage movie, you know exactly what you're getting. You are a thousand percent getting Nicolas Cage and nothing else. That is authentically him. If you put on a Garth record, if it's 10 songs you've never heard from Garth, you know what you're getting 
because it's authentically Garth. It's your job as the artist to um, not only remove the listener from reality, but to kind of put them in your pocket. Mm-hmm. It's it's okay. I've got you. you there's not going to be any surprises here. This is this is what you came for, and this is what you're going to get. Now it's time to relax and let me take you on the journey. Right. You know, and that, that when you and any big anybody who's doing it does that. Mm-hmm. No matter what it is that they do or their demographic or their their style, if they're doing it correctly and 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 you know if they are doing it correctly, that's how they are where they are. Right. They um. Uh. They are able to take that listener for this kind of out of body experience that they couldn't get elsewhere. You know? Right. You if you want a Garth experience, you can't go to Kenny Chesney. Right. Totally if you want Kenny different. Chesney, you can't go to Garth. Right. If you want Luke, you can't go to Kojo. You know, if you want Cody Jinx, man, I mean anyway you cut you can't go to Tyler Childers to get the same thing. Right. You have to have that unique identifiability that the listener can come to, whether it's on their computer or to a concert or to um, your Facebook page. Mm-hmm. I said on a computer, but that, that encompasses so much. Or your website and be like, this is exactly, if anything is surprising, it's for the better. And right. it is like, this is what this guy's all about. And, and going back to my original point, you can't do any of that if you're pretending to be something you're not. You have to be authentically yourself and creating. You have to be the most badass version of yourself. You, yes, you are. Sens- you're sensationalizing you with sincerity, right? Yeah, and, and sensationally sincere. That should be on a T-shirt. <laughs> Write that down somewhere. <laughs> it's recorded. We have it in the ether. right. Yeah, but and, okay. So to to kind of level us back to a topic because I feel like we're bouncing. I think we kind of came around. I'd have to listen to it again. I bet. I bet. Oh, we forgot to touch on that. We'll, we'll listen to that. You know, we'll listen to it and be like, "There's definitely going to have to be a part two at some point in time." I'm in. <laughs> but we, right, we'll so, make bullet points. This is like the the test run, and then we'll come in and like actually right. make like a script and be like, "Okay, this is what we're talking it's about." Ten part series of everything behind the scenes that you don't know about. <laughs> oh man. But all right. So as so crazy as a drummer, and I'm going to use this example because it's recently happened to me. I get a call from a guy I don't know. They're like, hey, so-and-so gave me your number. We're looking for a drummer. Here's what we're doing. Are you interested? So, yeah, sure. Let me check it out. So, first thing I'm going to do, look them up, probably on Facebook, because that's my favorite. And from right there, if I don't have access to everything... Sorry. (coughs) Oh, you're good. If I don't have access to everything, then... I'm completely discounted. You have to make it for dummies. Yeah. Like, and not to um, offend anybody out there, but think about any time that you've ever gone to anything, no matter what it was. How many times have you looked up a restaurant mm-hmm. and not been able to find their menu? Mm-hmm. Like, really easy online. And just, Fuck it. We're not going. We'll pick exactly. a spot. Like, if, 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 if me checking them out on Facebook doesn't get me to their music, to their website, to their tour dates... It's yeah, pointless. typically what what you want to do is you have the Facebook and you have you know you have your pin reel, your back page, and then the cover. But wherever that link is, that easy to hit link mm-hmm. that needs to take you. And what I've seen across the board 
Um, so I just did a full re- website revamp. I was like, I need, I need to do this. Um, my lovely lady, bride to be, Miss Anne Marie, did that for me. Actually, I just told her what I wanted and sat next to her as she did all the things I I dreamed up. But <laughs> no, I, you know, you go and you look at all the guys that are like your heroes that are are doing it mm-hmm. now. If anybody out there is a musician and is about thinking, like listening, oh, ears perking up about a website, don't go. And so my biggest mistake right when I first started doing this and I caught myself was, again, I'll talk about Cody Johnson. I wanted, Kojo's already done it, man. He's got number ones on the radio. Mm-hmm. If you're not, you know, if you're not at that level, if you're at that level, you already have the website. You need to look at guys that are like a level or two above you. Mm-hmm. and be like okay how are they doing it those guys so for me it's guys that are hanging in that 30 to hundred thousand follower range yeah um so i'm not gonna drop the names of the guys that i went and kind of somewhat copied mm-hmm. or looked at their layout of their website and you realize how foolproof it is yes the pictures are it's it's got they build the connection and they create this streamline perfect like all in one spot literally yep you need to be able to create a website that not only looks professional but somebody who has no idea who you are can barely type on a computer and is drunk could sit down type your name and your your website pops up and it's like they can't get it wrong they literally have to not be able to read right it's so easy it everything has to be absolutely accessible Mm mm-hmm and also, it has to look amazing. Like, professional don't, grade don't content. Don't put pictures from the acoustic show you did 15 years ago on the front page of your website. No. You put always have to be professional, shiny. Like, if you don't look impressive, you're not impressive. No. End of discussion. If, if you don't have a show, you're not talented. Regardless of how talented you are. You're only as good as your last show. If you're booking fairs and festivals, you can't go play bar gig. Right. If you're on the road, you you, you know, I can't do... Well, in most of the contracts, you literally can't go play a bar gig. Well, I mean, it, yeah. Like, so I'm opening for Tyler Booth on April 2nd. Mm-hmm. I, like, the worst thing I could possibly do, so that's a Saturday night, is the night before go play some, like, hole-in-the-wall bar. Right. Some tonk. The, I'd say if you're looking for routing, like if you're getting to the point where you are playing those kind of fixed crowd, bigger joint deals, you need to be playing the big college bar that people, they have mm-hmm. touring acts go through or bigger. Yeah. You you can't go play a pizza parlor. Yeah, you don't can't go don't play, shoot yourself in the foot. Don't play the shack down by the river, man. It, it's you, you cut your teeth on those. Now, if, and if you're if, still cutting your teeth on those, cut your teeth on them until you're ready to play the fairs and festivals. And then once you start, right. you have to stay up there. Right. Quality over quantity. Right. Yeah. And and typically the money will support that. You'll go from making a hundred bucks a night to five hundred bucks seven, a night, a thousand. Who knows? And then up from there. And mm-hmm. so one of the things that I don't think a lot of artists realize is. Like they want to play shows, they wanna they want to play three hundred dates a year, and that's great starting out. But the goal is to make the same money and work less, so that way if you put in the same amount of work, you make double the money. Yeah. Now, if you get to the point, so the, this is mainly how they did it in the nineties. Like if you you know you watch Garth's documentary, he's a great example. Is just 
He got signed, and they put him on the road four nights a week at every fair and festival in the country. Mm-hmm. You, and, and this comes back to you're not going to build a fan base playing bar gigs with covers. You have to at least be playing a honky-tonk. You have to be playing something where people know there's live music and they're going there to hear the music. Right. It can't be like, oh, you walked in. Oh, look, they got a guy playing in the corner. Right. 95% of people are going to be like, well, he's either going to play the song I want or I don't give a shit. Yep. You know, if you're really good, if you're to the point where you're playing bar gigs and you're like, oh, wow, a bunch of people are showing up to these bar gigs I'm playing. You have now graduated. You need to stop playing bar gigs. Mm -hmm. You need to try to sell tickets. You need to be honing in every single small town and every county and every state Mm -hmm. of America everywhere has the annual street dance. Yep. Start targeting those. Look at festivals. Um, you know, especially if you're country music like me, I'm, I'm looking at rodeos. Every rodeo that's around, do you, what are you looking for? Because, for, again, that's my demographic. Yeah. I want to go up there and sing cowboy stuff. You you need to play the bars and tell and, and, and make your music and hone your, your craft and tell people are coming to see you regularly at mm-hmm. your bar. And once you're done, once you're making the bars money, once they're happy to have you, yeah. then you need to probably move to Nashville and you need to start honing in on the home state and trying to play the big shows when people, when opening acts. Right. Yeah, et cetera. You need to build and, and getting in with the, with the local news stations and having them do the little articles over you and stuff like that. And in creating that buzz, everybody wants somebody to root for. Iowa... I'm lucky. Uh, one, the the biggest hurdle is I was not a humongous country music demographic, mm-hmm. and it's not a very super high population. But Iowa also has never produced a major um, country artist. We've had Slipknot. We've never had anybody like Carolina. Like Luke Combs is obviously awesome, but is one of Dozens. how how many yeah. that have come out of that. Alabama, Texas has a million, you know, Ian Munzik's doing awesome coming out of Wyoming. I mean, you just got Mm -hmm. lucky because it's just, there's not very many people who have come out of Wyoming kicking ass. Iowa has never had one. So I kind of have my eyes set on being Iowa's horse. And that's just me personally. But, you know, anybody listening to this can take that and try to correlate it to their own, to their own path. Well, I, I mean, you can look at it marketing yourself uh, the same way anybody markets anything uh, sports teams they rely wholeheartedly on on their location like if if you're a titans fan more than likely you live in tennessee if if you're in tennessee they're marketing to you like they're, yeah, they are. we are your team root for us support us buy our shit yeah, music is the exact make same. Make the way. state, make the make that that part of your brand. Exactly, like like I'm I'm corn fed, and that you know that's that's genuinely how I am. You know what I mean? I grew up cutting wood and tasseling, mm-hmm. and like and, and that goes back to your authenticity. Like if that's who you are, then that's probably who you relate to, and think, so meet those people. <laughs> I think I think we've actually finally come. I, I, maybe there's a few things if I think about it that we haven't touched on, but like. We kind of got on this rambling spree. We were like, "Oh, they're like tying it together." This all yeah. makes, and then and that comes, 
to how daunting the music industry is because and how people are tied like, together every aspect is. Because think of how many times you've heard an artist, or man, I I look at Kojo. I love talking about Kojo because Kojo is my favorite right now. <laughs> I could use him. Him, Garth, and Luke are like just my guys. I love those dudes. Um, uh, but and it goes again to what pe- people don't know what they don't know you know kojo just put out that cover of traveling soldier right mm-hmm. and it's got like a million views you see people i just found your music yep what and you can't even fathom it or like with luke combs hurricane being out for three years before it went number one and he got an investor and a manager mm-hmm. who believed in him and were like we can do something with this and you know took the gamble to t- to take him out and 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 do what he's doing now, you know, and build it. But, um, it's, it's just, it's like a one by one thing, man. So, Building that fan base. So talking about, talking about hurricane, here's a, for instance, and this was kind of like a aha moment in my life. So how many times have you, did it roll in with the wind in its hair <laughs> nice. without a warning? <laughs> nice. Uh, but how many times have you showed a friend a song or something from a new artist that you think is whatever, fantastic and you're like, how does never, this needs to be the best you song? You let them hear it and they're like, yeah, it's a good song, whatever. And you move on with your life or whatever. And then six months later, it's the biggest song on the radio and they come to you and they're like, dude, this is the best song ever. Dude. And you're like, yeah, fucking six months ago when I showed it to you, people exactly. don't just listen. Yeah. It's, you got to have it all. If one piece is missing, they're not paying You have attention. to build that connection. You have to, you know, you have to, whoever that fan is or those fans are, they need to believe that you're the one, mm-hmm. you know? And, and this, I, I, I can only imagine this, this is such a weird conversation to listen to as a fan. Oh, yeah. Like being like, it's not like we're like, it's not like we're harvesting you guys. It's, it's, we, without, without the fans, one, we can't support it. And we can't, um, without the listener, without the ears to listen, the, what, what's the point of the music? Right. It's the decoration of time. You have to find people who want to, that choose you to be there, to spend their time with. Your most finite resource, man. Right. And it's also a luxury item. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if, if, if the music industry is doing good, everybody's doing good. Because, oh, yeah. the, oh, you yeah. know, every you know it this is probably the these last two and a half three years have been the hardest time in the music industry ever yeah. ever like not even close maybe world war ii like has it, it was as far as entertainment goes yeah and when how much people are going people don't want to spend the money to go out and see it right now so well, they can't spend the money bam it, dude, it they doesn't can't matter what the they want to, to do <laughs> no but i just want to make it crystal clear to fans oh, no it's no like, it's yeah well, well if maybe you could spin off that on me for me well on top of like the time thing that you were talking about and how important time is and so like every fan that wants to spend an hour two hours three hours at your show listening to you listening you to could your have spent music, that anywhere else like you know, like we're, I mean, how many times have, have how many times have you looked at a sink full of dishes and been like 15 minutes? It's all it would take. And I can't do it because I got to do this and this and this and this. And or I you just don't want to. Our life is so full that if we get a minute of free time, we're only going to do what we want to do with it. 
we're not going to give away our free time for nothing. So we're talking about fans like they're a resource, but in all reality, like, I'm so appreciative if anybody wants to take a minute to listen to the music my that music I've made or watch that, my 30 second TikTok. And, especially if we're putting the I amount mean, of work into it that we, we just right. discussed that we, you know, we are. And so, so it's, it's, yeah, I, I didn't even think of it as like harvesting until you, you said it, but it, it, it's, we are, we need to support ourselves in our team too, though. You know, right. Well, think about it as if you ran a cupcake shop, Mm-hmm. And it was, they were the best damn cupcakes you ever had in your life. And the whole mm-hmm. shop on the inside looked great. But nobody came in to buy, buy the cupcakes and your sign, your social media, all, mm-hmm. and you didn't put it in the paper that you've got these badass cupcakes. And they didn't do a little segment on you on the, on the local news. Come check out this new cupcake shop. And right. you didn't fish around to the wedding venues that you do different cupcakes and stuff like that. And you've got this fantastic product, but nobody's buying your cupcakes. You're broken. You're devastated. Mm-hmm. That's what music is. People think, oh, you just write songs for a li-. Man, it ain't easy. No. We could, I'd love to sp- get a spin going on the songwriting process just so people can mm-hmm. understand it. Absolutely. Um, just like it, you know, where songs start and where they end are, are, is such a magical thing. But before I, I start on songwriting, it's you need to realize as a fan that when you hear songs, especially if they're songs you like and they're new, how much work went into that and how hard we pushed and tried and begged and clawed to get that to your ears. Oh, absolutely. And how happy we are that not only we finally have gotten it to you, we've ran this race to finally get it to your phone screen or it's finally on the radio or something like that or it came across on a jukebox because we fought like hell with AMI to get get on the mm-hmm. jukeboxes and fill you know got our Harry Fox all figured out and and you know we're going through all these hoops to take little to nothing on royalties to however it is we get it to you how amazing it is that we finally got it to you don't forget us now you know so going off of we that same thing like uh, th- this next section is specifically for the fans so as a new artist, like you've just started performing live shows and you're only playing in your hometown because that's the only place that you have any sort of reach. So you're playing the same three bars, you know, every weekend. Probably playing a lot of the same songs. Right. And that's you ask your you friend. <laughs> you're better knowing 50 songs perfectly than you are knowing 500 to 1,000 all right. Mm-hmm. I'll just leave that there for my musicians out there. Right. Uh, so you're 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 playing, you know, every weekend within a 15 mile radius, and you've asked one of your best friends to come to your show five times, and they haven't seen your show yet. That is heartbreaking. Yeah. That is the worst feeling on the planet. Have you seen that? That that's great. Um, that that reminds me. Have you seen on? It's like on TikTok and Instagram Reels where the you know it'll have some sort of thing like some guys building a bench, and they're like. Man, why aren't you famous yet? All my friends asking me, why aren't you famous yet? Why, why aren't you made it? Why aren't you shared my shit? Yep. My question to you is, you know, if you think it's so good, why you're asking me why I ain't famous? You think I should be famous? Why, why aren't you giving me these shout-outs? Why aren't you helping me? I can't do this on my own. Right. You know, this takes the, an army. Every Everybody's so quick to say, man, word of mouth is, is the best. But word where's your of word mouth. of mouth? Who's talking? Get to talking. 
And that and it's our job as artists to have something worth talking about and and give you a reason to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But if you, it's a great it's a great question. If people are asking you why you're not famous yet, it means you're doing something right. Your your comeback needs to be, help me do it. Start start helping me. Right. Tell me where anybody. Tell everybody that you know. Play my songs with the windows down. Yeah. It's it's the only way share we get my out. social media. We, like we, it's it, the it's only way we get out into the it's world. It's a button click to it's share. It's a button click, and it for some reason it's sacred. But you know, people don't want to share something that people. You know, everybody's afraid of failure. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, when somebody shares your music, um, in their mind, they're taking a risk of you know I could hit the share button of this guy. I lo- I like it right now. But what if I share it and tomorrow I realize it hasn't gotten, you know, in their mind they're going, what if it hasn't gotten any likes? Right. You know, what if people are like, why are you sharing this stuff? You know, it's not, there's, it's on both ends, mm-hmm. you know. But all the that to say. The fans need to trust and believe. All that to say, though, like, if you're friends with an artist or family of an artist and you haven't seen their show, like, that's painful. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah, you got to go do that. Like. <laughs> I have I've lost respect for so many people because of how they've looked at my music career. Like, on top of, like, well, you don't come to my shows, you don't support me, you don't share my stuff. Like, clearly you have no interest in my music career. And then you try to tell me what I should do in my career. Like... You're, you're not on the team, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you're supporting me and, like, you're at the shows and you're seeing what I'm doing and, like, you're looking at my show critically and giving me advice. Feedback. Then absolutely. This is what yeah. But if you've never been to my show, you've never bought a song, you've never shared a post, like, you don't know anything. You're not in the loop. You're not, you're not on the team. Yeah. Precisely. And, like that's a, that's a, at a very low like that that's down to like that's more of a starting out level thing yeah and that, that's what I said new artists playing shows mm-hmm. within a 15 mile radius yeah if for any new artists this is a piece of advice that I got from a guy um I won't name drop but he's is he was worth his salt and it's proven to me to be a very good piece of advice um because I moved to Nashville 2 years later than I thought I was going to he told me, um, do not move to Nashville until you are sure that you are amongst the best in your area. If you yes. don't, unless you're going to Nashville knowing that you're going to hone, um, even then, man, you, you get to this town, which is the, one of the, it's pretty much the pinnacle of music. Right. This, this town is, is the hub. And you, no matter how good you are, you're going to get there and you're, you're going to find people who you know are leagues better than you mm-hmm. so, in writing and playing and stage presence. And you need to not only be mentally prepared for that, but you need to have done all the, your due diligence mm-hmm. to hone your craft in yourself to be as good as you possibly can be. You need to be to the point where you're a big fish in a puddle. Right where you're at at home, and it's time to go to the to the big pond, you know. And, and you definitely, like you said, you have to be mentally prepared to be for nothing. a lot of no's and to be a nothing. Because let me tell you something: you might be the cock of the walk, 
walking around, even even if you're selling out 500 caps back home, mm-hmm. you know, if you're making a thousand bucks a night, three nights a week playing shows, you get down to Nashville and you bump into Chris Young at Doghouse, and he don't give a flying fuck who you are. He's not like that. He's a great guy, but great example. You can bump into people. Listen, you can bump into people down here that could change your life in a heartbeat on the industry side of things, and you can bump into guys who have had number one hits on the radio mm-hmm. and are selling at arenas at restaurants. Well, and what you need to understand, and it's on, like a level playing field. If you're a musician, not so much for the artists, because yeah, I'm speaking from an artist standpoint. But as a musician, you have to understand that the crappy gig that you're getting, you know off broadway somewhere where you're making maybe a hundred bucks the fiddle player you're playing with was out with carrie underwood last weekend like yeah they're you're all competing for the same scraps so if there's if only you, so many spots on those stages with if, those big name guys lead, and they need players if you're a lead guitarist and you can't play with a big name act like you're not on that level then you need to understand that you're not playing the bar gig because they are yeah. Like, they're on Broadway, too. Like, yeah. They're doing the same gigs you're doing. They're unbelievable. Like, you need, if you're a musician, whatever you have chosen, mm-hmm. you need to master your craft. Um, yeah. I mean, the best guys that I know, um, Randy Hauser's guitar player. His name will come to mind. Great dude. He's got a big handlebar mustache. Um, he just takes... He'll post like one or one video a day of him. He plays steel and lead guitar. Mm-hmm. You can tell that that guy spends his day every day when he wakes up to when he goes to bed playing music. He plays his guitar and he he's constantly challenging himself and learning new songs and and honing his ear mm-hmm. so that when those big dogs come calling, he's like, dude, I've got this so many X Y and Z down. He goes, you could. Those guys get so good. That they are in an, literally a human metronome mm-hmm. that can break time whenever because that emo- that artist is getting crazy emotional on stage and t- talking to people and and, yep. and they can just f- flow. If you can't do that as a lead guitarist or a fiddler or a bass player or a drummer, whatever you are, then you're not ready for this town yet. And the sad part about it is you can't be that. Unless you're getting the experience. Mm-hmm. And this town is the best place to get the experience. Because nothing... Well, they have lower lower level stuff. But that, that's why oh, you play do. a lot around your hometown and stuff. And you they play, do. You and, and, like, and going back to like the mental preparedness. like You have to understand that like when you get on stage in Nashville, you could literally be on stage with one of the best players in the world. Yeah. And you have to act like and treat you're, yourself you're one like of a sponge. Like... You have you have to keep up with him, but then you have to listen and you have to learn and you have to figure out exactly their what they're doing. Their cadencing, the way like, they talk with their with their instrument, like, their weapon. More so than mastering your instrument, you have to master how to listen. Oh if, yeah. If you're That's if you're great, great if piece. you're a good musician, you can play in Nashville. If you're a good musician but you're a great listener, everybody will want to play with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've said I've said several times you have to be this good to get in. You don't have to be any better than that. His hands held up like right right around his head, so that's <laughs> already pretty good. You, can, if no, you start you, at the bottom. You, when you, you have start to be good. Your feet. You have to be good. 
but you don't have to be the best in the world. Learn the Nashville number system. Oh, abs- that's even if you're a drummer, learn the number system because if you walk in, I still record, don't have it down like lickety split. It, but you, you at least have to understand how it works and how to read it. Um, and, and again, as a drummer, you need to know too. Even though you're not dealing with you the chords, you chart your own stuff too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if I need to, um, if I'm doing recording, typically I'll grab a, I'll grab just somebody else's chart and make a copy of it yep. because that tells me everything I need to know. Mm-hmm. But chord changes, if, if it's a one, four, five, yep. and then I see a six, I, I know something's happening. So I know I need to change something at that spot. And then once I've heard the tune, that just reminds me, okay, this is that. Mm-hmm. And so knowing knowing how to read the map making notes asking questions being open to criticism critique yeah and i'm talking on like a level of you know what you're playing is right and somebody asks you to do it wrong like if it's their gig you're doing it wrong yeah like if that's how they want it then there's a reason for it. That's that's a perfect example. I, I love doing a big stop right before the chorus of Should Have Been a Cowboy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like the... W- totally incorrect. Um, because I, when I'm talking, mm-hmm. I lose count. So I'm, I'm planning on everybody to come in and get ready and see, for me to, to give the cue. That's, that's, that's a band thing. You can do that in a band setting. And I miss when that so much. you have guys so that you much. know. Yeah, um, do your utmost no matter how hard. And trust me, I'm living it right now. Um, find the guys who believe. I, I'm. I guess I'm speaking to artists. Mm-hmm. If you're a musician, uh, I'll give some words as well. But as an art, my artists out there, if if you're wanting to do this, you need to find those. They don't have to be the best. You guys can get good together. You oh, guys yeah. get better together. Um, in fact, if you, if you pick up the guy that's not quite good enough yet, he's going to evolve with you and learn you and You're, you learn each other. You get inside each other's heads. You can sculpt him. And if you give him a sculpt reason, each other. Yeah. If, if you give him a reason, like you'll learn real quick if he's going to do it or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you need to be really upfront be like, this is what I'm trying to do. Um, whatever that might be. And when you're building that band, you need to hone in on the songs that originals and covers that that resonate with you and what you're trying to do hone them to a t and make them your own Mm -hmm. and have the entire unit completely on the same page hired guns just don't get the job done when it comes to professional grade right kicking ass if you if you want to open so let's put it this way say you're an artist like where i'm at right now i've got i've got one single out couldn't be more happy and blessed with with the way things are going but say i get a call and they want me to come open up for what would make sense aaron watson okay and i show up assuming that i'm that i'm i'm on point that that night and i play the show with hired guns even though even if i paid the buco bucks Mm -hmm. and they were really good hell if you had his band if I had, even if I had his band and gave him his set list, my set list, and it was all covers that they knew. and it was all covers that people <laughs> knew. Yes, 
if you showed up with that, it's a cool, sweet. Here's your here's your check. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might shake Aaron Watson's hand. He'll be like, "Hey, cool." You show up with your band that you've been working with for the last couple years, that is badass, and you have this honed, rehearsed, choreographed, thought out set mm-hmm. where you everybody gets to know everybody on stage. Think of every great country act. I'm speaking for country music. It's different for pop and everything like yeah. that. But rock and roll is kind of the same as country in this regard, where they felt like they connected with you and your entire unit. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, Aaron Watson's going to be like, hey, why don't you come out to the trailer afterwards? I really like what you did there. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. Those are the connections. Those are the opportunities you're missing by not going through those trenches with those the, the group of guys that you've finally collected mm-hmm. to, to be your, you know... You're faster Not horses, to mention, man. Take take the emotional stuff out of it. Take l- l- it just sounds better. Dumb it all down to just basic logic. If you get out on stage and you fuck up, and that guy's a hired gun and he's just gonna play the song the way he's supposed to, then it's gonna be blatantly obvious somebody fucked up. If you get out on stage and somebody fucks up, everybody's gotta care. And the band is a band, and they know you. Then they know exactly why you fucked up, how you fucked up, and how to fix it immediately. Yeah. Like, if you have a band that knows you, then you have a net. Yeah. If you have Couldn't a band, have said it better. If you have a band that's going to play it exactly like it's written, then it, you have to play it. It's more it of an exactly. emotional experience for, for the band, the, you, the band, and the crowd, too. Mm-hmm. And, and yes, take the emotion out of it for the... You you have to have the the technological and technical side of things down. That's why you work with the same equipment all the time. Right. But um, it does all come back to the emotional experience and the way you make people feel. And people feel more at ease and people feel, and I'm speaking as from a fan's point of view, they, they feel more related Mm-hmm. to what they're seeing and experiencing when they know that everybody on stage is friends. Oh yeah. And it, it, there's just so much that goes into that um I don't well, know and, and, and the word, but go it sticking on on the emotional side of things. If if you get out on stage and you're playing the same show you've played a thousand times with the same guys that you've played it a thousand times with, same songs. You're not anxious. No. You can be 100% a performer. That's where true performance comes in. If you too. get out on stage when you're having fun and you don't know what's going to happen, then there's anxiety. And as as That's long as there's as long as there's anxiety, something's not going to go right. You can't you can't be 100% an entertainer unless you are 100% not thinking about what you're doing. Like it has to be a thousand percent natural, and that that's when you can run across stage and you know belt out a chorus that's normally like kind of moderate or like that's when yeah, you can really get into and, it. And the crashes are coming down when you're stomping your foot and, like and all everything the like those moments and different if, things where it's just like it's like he feels it's like you're an orchestrator at that mm-hmm. point, you know. 
and if you have a show where you have moments where just like everything is on another level then there's no way your audience isn't gonna feel that yeah precisely and I, th- I think we've rung that bell <laughs> yeah yeah if if you're if you're a smaller artist and like you're it needs to be something you aspire towards like you can have you can have moments like that even if you're not a good band if you're just like a weekend hobbyist band if you get up there and you're having a great time your crowd's gonna have a great time if you're at the hole in the wall bar and you guys aren't very good but when you get up on stage you're a rock star then people are gonna enjoy that whether you are or not you're a rock right. star yeah like it it, it how you feel on stage 100% translates. And so if you if you get on stage irritated, it's a bad show. If you get on stage scared, it's a bad show. If you get on stage nervous, it's a bad show. If you get on stage excited and happy to be there, it's a great show. Doesn't matter the mistakes that are made. It doesn't matter if you went for that note and completely crashed. Like if you're having a great time, your crowd's having a great time. And if you're having a great time and your crowd's having a great time, the music will come. Like you're yeah. not you're not gonna have a great time if you suck. So if mm. you're having a great time, you can pretty much count on you're good enough. Like you've done the work. Yeah. So get out, have a great time. <laughs> I mean, do the work behind the scenes, but when you're on stage, like that's that's the glory. That's the payout. That's the everything else was for this so i'm gonna enjoy this and we're gonna do what we do and if there's problems we'll fix it tomorrow at work yeah yeah like you can't get mad on stage if if a drummer completely drops out of time and screws up a song that happened we'll figure out why it happened tomorrow we'll rehearse it and make sure it doesn't happen again yeah but But right now it's fun if they're hired guns you can't do that no no no, it, uh, it's all back to the band thing. If you if you wanna, if you want a solid team, then you have to have a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and get a booking agent that cares. Um, if you ever meet one, let me know. <laughs> yeah, it needs to be like a family friend, honestly. Dude, I've I've even tried that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um. Oh, what else should we talk about, man? Man, that is uh actually I know exactly what we need to talk about. We need to talk about you and your music and your socials and how people can find you. Okay. Yeah. Um all right. Uh my name's Eli, Eli Alger. That's E L I A L G E R. Um you can find me anywhere with internet and a search bar. Um <laughs> of your choice. Uh follow the gram and Facebook if you want to see you know where i'm gonna be performing at and stuff like that um yeah eli alger music i'm the dude in a black cowboy hat with a feather in it um we play both kinds of music faster horses is the band oh we play both kinds of music country and western faster horses is the band name said that jumbled up but yeah uh that's what we're all about unapologetically country music man you said you had a single out what's the what's the single yeah i've got a single out i have two songs out right now red nexico was my first single um i can't believe how well it's it's done i couldn't be more grateful it's so awesome that people are are spinning it um i think we're at like over one hundred sixty thousand streams right now on spotify 
with you know no, I'm doing it all on my own, no help, um, which is sweet. Um, and then I've got a song, a love ballad that I wrote for uh, my fiance. It's called "Dance for Me Tonight." Um, I think you guys might like that one as well. Um, yeah, if you dig '90s style country music, we might like each other. So that's <laughs> well, what there I'm all are about. definitely a lot of '90s country fans. Yeah, I, I meet them all the time. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's the best music there was. That's why you know, that's the dream. That's the goal. And um, yeah, that's all me, man. Um, Eli Alger music. I know the first time we talked about you doing the podcast, you were out on the road. Yeah. And then trying to set this one up, we were dodging rehearsals. So do you have some stuff coming up? Anything that you can talk about? So we did. Um, we were rehearsing. We've got a bunch of, uh, we've got a five piece. We're doing a lot of festivals, street dances. Um, we got a rodeo in the books, some opening acts, et cetera, et cetera, for uh, this summer. We are gearing up. Uh, gearing up. We're doing our first ticketed show in Iowa City, Iowa, in November. I know that's a long ways away, but it's a 500 cap, and I want to sell it out. So mm-hmm. I'm doing everything I can to give myself the best chance possible. To you know, we want people there, and we wanna we wanna knock everybody's socks off. Yeah. So you know, um, we've been rehearsing the set. We're trying to boil down our best two hours that we've we've got in our bodies. Um, again, all choreographed, all, I wouldn't say it's scripted, um, because there's always improv throughout a show, but there, there are bullet points yeah, and there's an outline and we're trying to really exude that umph in music that you look for. I, I gotta say, I, I really appreciate an artist that focuses on building a show. It's a show. Um, a lot like a of the play. people I've worked with in the past, they they don't think that that's a necessity, and it's probably one of the most necessary aspects of performing. Well, people say a lot. A lot of people hit the line of um, a lot of artists. Oh, the songs will speak for themselves. Yes, they will on the radio and on Spotify and on mm-hmm. YouTube. They will speak for themselves when you're at. W- people can go listen to your music anywhere they want to. Mm-hmm. You need to make them want to come out. Again, this goes back to your job as the artist and as the musician and as that unit is to remove people from reality, right? And to and to take them on a journey, put them in your pocket, and to do that, you can't just stand up on stage and right. just try to be, you know. Um, they say Springsteen was one of the greatest performers. Um, have you ever heard that? My dad said yeah. he was absolutely unbelievable. Um, and you know, Springsteen's not the most fantastic singer no. up there, but when you're able, I guess what I'm trying to say is if a fan or somebody who loves live mu- loves music has to choose between that fantastic band that's going to sit up there and just nail songs, mm-hmm. that's it. And say thank you after each song and roll through them but they sound like the record or somebody who's not quite on par with that but they're running around having a great time they're talking to you they're throwing stuff out in the crowd they're 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 putting on this show that you're like what is going on you know what i mean this mm-hmm. is crazy awesome they're gonna go to that entertaining oh one. absolutely and that's your job you know when it comes to live shows that's your job prime example one of the best shows i've ever been to and i've seen them three times live is foo fighters 
I've heard they're nuts. They're it's so fun. I mean, they are exactly what you want out of a rock band. Halfway through jumping the jumping up and down, oh, all running over the around, place. the guitar players coming up and just working the crowd. Absolutely. Halfway through the show, Dave Grohl, his horse, his voice goes hoarse. Like all the screams become just hoarse. Like he's pushing everything he's got, and it sounds awful, and it's so amazing. Like, <laughs> like I'm still going. Like. Like his screams just become cracks and squeaks and squeals and like it, it, it's by the end of the show, it's one hundred percent. Period. Like everything they had went into that. Leave show. everything that you have inside of your body out there on that stage. Every and they play well, so long. <laughs> yeah. Like it's a two and a half, three hour show. Make those people leave exhausted. It's amazing. And um wanting more but like i need to go to bed but getting getting back to the difference between like being on the radio or performing like as as an entertainer you have to take control of every sense that you can get your hands on and so if you're just playing to the ear and you're not playing to the eye then you're missing out on half your show yeah there's a full body experience like if you want to take them out of reality then it has to be all inclusive. You have to take them visually, audibly, mentally. mentally. You have to with with the things you say in between songs. You have to you have to get them on the same level. It's I mean it's it is one hundred percent an and art. it's all a lot harder than it sounds. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So and that comes, you know, when we were talking about budget and you know what people are willing to pay for music, you know. What you see on stage with a good show, know that there were months, if not years, mm-hmm. of preparation to get that to where it's oh, at. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, it, and I and I mean, really it's it's always it's always a building process. Like, if you're playing Joe's Bar on the corner, then you need to be thinking about your theater show. Yeah. And once you're playing the theater, you need to be thinking about your stadium show. Yep. Like if if you're not trying to perform on the next level, you're not gonna perform. And doing on the everything next on the back end that it takes in in educating yourself on what it takes to make it to that level in this. Industry. And not being afraid to make mistakes. Like doing it wrong is better than not doing it. Yeah, hundred percent. Because it's definitely not gonna happen if you don't do it. Like you might as well try. If you don't know what to do next, just pick something and go. Yeah, and, and you'll don't figure forget, it out. And don't be shy of asking questions. Oh no. Absolutely. Yeah. Not. Yeah. Anybody who has any questions about anything we talked about, feel free to hit me on Facebook or Instagram or anything like that. Be happy to talk with you. I'll hop on a phone call or whatever. You know, pay it forward. So. I mean, I had people who did it for me. So absolutely. And right. I, I still have people who do it for me. Well, I, I mean, I'm, in this business, you don't. I don't know as much as you don't know. You don't get a show <laughs> because you're good. You get a show because you know somebody. You have to be good to keep the show. But yeah. It comes down to relationships but and connections. Every every gig I've ever gotten, I got because I knew somebody, and not just because I was a player. Yeah. Sweet. But what else we want to talk? I about? I mean, we have hit. What time is it? An hour and a half. So I say we call it here, and then talk songwriting next time. Yeah, we'll do songwriting that, that's next time. That's such a big time, hole. I don't even. Then... <laughs> we're gonna be here another hour and a half. We start talking the songwriting right. process. And then. Uh, I don't know. I'd also like to uh, dive into like your process on how you, how you approach your music, how you approach your show next time. And so, yeah, we'll definitely schedule yeah, another one of I'd these. This to. was fun for sure. Yeah. All hey, right, man. Thanks for having me, brother. Dude, thanks so much for coming. Yep, absolutely. Again, my name's Eli, guys. Uh, Eli Alger, 
And yeah. What's this show called again? <laughs> Nashville for Nobodies. Nash- the Nashville for Nobodies. Thank you for having me. Thank you guys once again so, so very much for listening to the podcast. I appreciate it so much. Um, and I sincerely apologize that there's been a couple weeks where I could not get an episode out. Busy season is starting up for all of my musician friends and myself. And so it's been really hard trying to navigate the schedule and get people in here so that we can do an episode of the podcast so to kind of remedy that i'm probably going to be putting out some solo episodes where i talk about road stories and tips and tricks and whatever it is that i come up with for that episode so be on the lookout for those that'll kind of help things keep moving um If you are an artist or know an artist that would like to come do the podcast, please reach out and let me know. Um, I'm also looking for industry professionals. So if you're a PR person, if you're in publishing, if even if you're just like getting started, let me know. And I would love to have you on the podcast. Um, But yeah, that's uh, that's our show for today. And uh As always, it's never too late to tip your bartender, and please don't forget to tip your band.